Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Hey, Head Tribe. I hope you have been enjoying all the features of men that we have been doing this month. And we have a special one for you today. We have Mr. Brian Morris. And I'm excited to interview him as he is Bermudian and he's also family. Brian was born in Kentucky, um, but he was raised in Bermuda by his single mother. At age 19, he left the island to join the United States Coast Guard. Brian is married to his beautiful wife, Lori, and he is the father of three beautiful girls, Essence, Harmony, and Symphony. In this episode, we touch on a lot. We talk about absentee fathers, we talk about Brian being a cancer survivor, and we talk about family. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Welcome to Giving Hand the Podcast. We have Mr. Brian Morris. Hi, Brian. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for being a part of our Men's Month. I'm really happy to be here. June is the um, month that we are dedicating to men, and it's also my birthday month. So I thought that Happy was you know, it's a good combination. Yes, 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 <laughs> Thank you. So, Brian, tell us about your background. Where did you grow up? Oh, my back. Uh, I grew up in Bermuda. Um, <laughs> you know, back home. I grew up in Middleton. You know, okay. one of the. Uh, I mean, people from Bermuda heard that they know where that is. Uh, I left the island sometimes about 18, 19 years old. Uh, joined the United States Coast Guard. First unit was Guam. Okay. Uh, so, right. so after for about three years, that's where I met my wife, Lori. And uh, did about 10 years in the Coast Guard. While I did that, um, my wife and I grew our family, three daughters, uh, Essence, Harmony, and Symphony. Aww. Aww. And um, like yeah, a group. <laughs> Boy, they'll probably broke up and gotten back together a few times if that's the case. you know you know how it is man those the sisters you know yeah. like, you know scrapping one day and loving each other the next you know so yes i am outnumbered I was just, and i was thinking that i was like you're outnumbered life is hard man. life is easy life is hard you know you gotta learn how to live this life I'm sure there's other people out there that, you know, have old daughters <laughs> and they command a lot respect and love and they'll teach you about yourselves if you let them, you know, kids will do that. But That's I think, true. I think girls have a special way of doing that. But y'all know I live here in uh, Georgia. I'm a field engineer for the largest video display manufacturer in the world, Dactronics. I, I got to be a nerd. <laughs> And a geek all day uh, while fighting my fur of heights. 
<laughs> nothing wrong with being a nerd. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. With it. There was a time, man. You know, nerds like nerds. No nerds are sexy. <laughs> I'm ahead of the curve. You know, everybody wants a nerd, nah. That is true. Uh, that but is yeah, true. you know, um, I got to live my dream. Had a little bumps along the way. I did have to fight cancer for a little bit, and that's what um kind of derailed my career. But again, I've got queens there, and they uh, they got me right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a I don't know what else I got. I I do own a business. I started a little video production company with my wife and kids, um, filming sports, um, softball mostly. But okay. with you know the whole COVID nineteen thing. We've been doing a lot of restreaming and broadcasting for DJs in Bermuda, the UK, uh, things like that. You know, just trying to keep ourselves busy. Okay. Nice. All right. Well, Brian, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and how that has helped to shape you into the person you are today. Ooh, my upbringing. Wow. My mom was in the Army. My mom was uh, in the United States Army. I was born an Army brat in Fort Knox, Kentucky. My mom uh, then repatriated back home to Bermuda, and uh, that's where I was raised mostly. So that's all I know is Bermuda. Okay. Um, I'm not a Bermudian, but I'm a Bermudian, I guess. I got you. Um, <laughs> he is Bermudian. I'm Bermudian. I like my CF&P. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm Bermudian. I don't climb more than a few local trees in my day. CFP you know? means cockfish and potatoes. Just yeah, yeah, CFP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta. I gave you the abbreviation. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know about a little cockfish and potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just ask this and interrupt just a tad bit. You speak about your mom. Um, you as an army brat, and your mom raised you. What about dad? I guess my dad would fit the description of a player at the time. Okay. Not being so harshly, to speak so harshly on him. He, he's not here anymore. Okay. Uh, passed a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. How long has it been? Mm, almost almost 10 years ago. Um, okay. What? 10 years and a few years. <laughs> yeah, not a few years. But my dad was not around. My dad was American. My mom and dad met while my mom was starving. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to really meet my dad again until I was about 16. I grew up in the island. I had taken a trip to go meet him. He's from Virginia, him and his family. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to get to know him over the years. But I think I saw my dad a handful of times before he passed away. Uh, irony being what it is, right? The universe being what it is. I ended up serving my last few years in the Coast Guard in Virginia, wow. in Hampton Roads. So I did live at you know the family home for a little bit. Mm. I got to know the family his side of the family. So I did try to get to know him when he was here and shortly after he passed and things like that. But I wasn't fortunate enough to get to know him. What I did know about him, I learned the antithesis, I guess. I learned via the antithesis, like what I didn't really want to be. I don't want to talk down about my father because it's not here no more. Well, I was going to say, how did that shape you into the person you are today and being a father of three beautiful young ladies and how being a husband, you know what I mean? Like, how did that shape you? Well, I'm, again, I'm probably the antithesis to what my dad was. I didn't know who my dad was before I met him when I was 16. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I had no idea who he was. I just wanted to. And there were at times when I was younger, I, was like, I don't care who my dad is. You, know, you have to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But when I met him, I was like, okay. You know, I found out, I do have a sister from my dad. I found out I have a sister. Found that out while I was learning about him. And um, mm-hmm. he had this real bottom where, I don't know, I always felt like he couldn't, he would beat around the truth. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it was, I guess I could understand too, you know, you had this kid, he grew up in Bermuda. You didn't really make an active effort, at least not what I saw, to get to know your child and boof. Your child shares up on your doorsteps and says, hey, dad, I want to get to know you. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I always noted too, this is a big takeaway for me. And this is something that I really feel is you can make as much money as you want. You can go to work, you can get overtime, all of that stuff, right? But you never got time back. You know, and I just thought, oh, you know, one of these days, I'm going to really drill this guy. I'm going to really press him. Like, yo, what what the hell happened? Mm -hmm. And one day at 51, my dad dies of a heart attack. Mm. Wow. You know, I never got that opportunity. It was snatched from me. Mm. And this was, oh, boy. I think the girls were very, very young. I think Symphony was just born. Mm-hmm. And I was always kind of honest. I've always had dialogue with my kids. I always have had dialogue with my kids since the womb. But I knew right then, like, okay, I can't pull no punches with my kids. I can't, I can't skirt around discussions. I can't wait until another day. Of course, there are certain conversations that are not appropriate at a certain age. But right. you know, I refuse to let time get past me to the point where. I don't have certain conversations. Mm-hmm. I forget about them. Or, you, you know, I, I'll be, oh, you know, there'll be another, there'll be a perfect time for that. There's no perfect time. Right. Other than the present time. Oh, right. no. Yeah, yeah. And you got to snatch that moment as soon as it presents itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a big thing. I, I guess my dad taught me a lot more from him dying mm-hmm. than he ever really taught me knew the type of father I wanted to be, the type of husband I wanted to be, um, type of brother, friend. I find that to be so interesting because you'll have people that have a father that's absent and you can either go left or right. You'll either follow the same pathway they do or you're obsessed with doing the total opposite. You know what I mean? So it's interesting how that works. A friend of mine used to tell me this, used to say this, like, proverb or something about a man an alcoholic who has two sons and one son becomes an alcoholic because he's like his dad and the other one doesn't become an alcoholic because he don't want to be like his dad the coin can fold either way mm-hmm, you, yeah. you know? but i think a lot of it does depend on you sometimes we need a catalyst mm-hmm. sometimes catalysts are a waste how many times we've seen people say, oh, well, they're having a baby now. Maybe things will better for them. And that doesn't always bird to be true. Sometimes people shape up because they've got a kid and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. they don't. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like perhaps with your father not being there a lot, that that might have been a struggle for you. But you've gotten over that. You've became a husband. You're a father, as Sherry mentioned, of three beautiful young ladies. 
And you mentioned that you had cancer. What struggles did that bring for you? And how was that being a father, a husband? Well, I'm a big scurdy cat. Mm -hmm. I'm a big dude, you know. I'm a couple hundred pounds. But we're humans. Um, But I'm a big Freddy cat. I'm scared of stuff. And I guess I learned how to deal with first. See, I I told you, I I work for a display manufacturer. We build these things like a couple hundred feet up sometimes. I'm sure you you see any electronic billboards along the street. Mm -hmm. And stadiums. Like, let's not downplay it. Right. Okay, I've been to a particular stadium and have seen perhaps some of your work, and I That's love it. That's the of my professional uh, career, yeah, but, but cancer is scary, and you have to face it. Um, you're not the doctor, you're not the narcissist, you're not the oncologist, you're not the surgeon, you're none of those things. You don't, you don't have no control over it. I mean, you can pick a good doctor, a good health system and all of that, you know, that's up to you, but you have to face it. Right. If you go to a doctor, you you drink solace up all day. I don't know how you're going to deal with your cancer. I can't tell people how to go about doing it, mm-hmm. but you got to face it. Mm-hmm. And at the age that I got my cancer, I was, okay, so I was 29 years old mm-hmm. and I got diagnosed with curling cancer. <laughs> like, wow. It really puts you in touch with your mortality to have a particular cancer that really afflicts older people mm. um, instantly. Uh, my dad's had it. Yeah. And I mean, I even had struggles with the insurance company, you know, wanting to pay for certain procedures because of my age wow. and having curling cancer. It was uh, crazy. But um, I had to face it. Mm-hmm. I had to dig into it and... Oh my gosh, the things I would say. I may have always had a, a twisted sense of humor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had to turn that. I had to dial it up to draw out the noise of fur. Yeah. Um, how How oh is gosh. that conversation with your wife and children when you find that out? How is that conversation? Uh, Essence was about 12. Essence was the oldest. I mean, Essence is the oldest. Um, <laughs> Essence was about 12. Then I was diagnosed. Oh, were you eight? Eight, yeah. Okay, eight or nine. Ooh, boy. Boy, I'm getting wow. my door. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Essence is about nine. So the way I found out was kind of weird, you know. I had really bad stomach pains a couple nights in a row. And the second night, it was so bad. Like, they had to pump me with morphine. Okay, I remember I was like, ooh, man, my fingers feel blue. That was the last statement I remember saying. I was in so much pain, they had to, like, put a lot of painkillers in me. And about a week later, I found out that I had colon cancer. Yeah. And again, this is about a year or two after my dad died. Uh-huh. And this was like, okay, I can't hide it from him. I'm not gonna be able to carry this little man, yada yada. I just spilled my guts. I, I remember the phone call. I got the phone call. I was on my way back from school, and I remember the co- phone call from the doctor. And I was just like, huh. 
cancer. <laughs> like, I instantly had to turn on this cynicism. Right. Uh, if you ever watch a live video of me, like, climbing a display, for instance, right, I talk the most stupidest stuff because I'm screwed out my mind. <laughs> they call it they call it whistling in the dark right and i'm not afraid to be scared mm-hmm. there's a lot of people living there i ain't scared nothing you lying right 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 because we're all afraid of something we're humans yeah it's absolutely good to the ends of the earth like me in the sense of i haven't been diagnosed with cancer but i just know i can um be dramatic first and then pull back i I probably would be writing letters to people giving people my passwords and telling people where this is that is (laughs) well you know i mean i mean i've got lori right there's a comfort in that. Laura's got my back. Right, See? right. Even if I screw up, Laura's got my back, which is amazing. Laura's ain't nobody like her. Aww. Um, everybody says that over the way, but no, seriously. Like, yes. Everybody loves Lori. Lori, I, I don't know how she does it. I think she does tomorrow voodoo or something. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but everybody loves my wife, even people that can't stand her. So <laughs> it's something to be old. But I had Lori. Lori mm-hmm. at my back, and the girls have me. Mm-hmm. I've always had that support system. You have to understand, like, when we left Guam, me, Lori, and Essence, Essence was a little bean, little baby. When we got to the East Coast, we were all on our end. I was in Jersey, right? France would call me, hey, man, I heard you live in Jersey. I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, three hours from the airport, you're probably at, like, I lived in South Jersey. Wow. I, I didn't stay near anybody, so I didn't have a lot of family that is visited. I didn't have a cousin or an aunt or an uncle that stayed over the way. It's always been me, Lori, and the girls. Mm-hmm. And it's always just been us. So that resource, by the time I got to the cancer stage in my life, it was like lock and step. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Even at the age they were, Essence was about nine, there was a time you know, a chemo appointment. And this was right after my first surgery. I had about three. Mm-hmm. And after the first surgery, I remember the nurse came to go. So there was a nurse that would come and deal with my dressings. And about like the second visit, I remember like I'm passed out in the room and I could hear the nurse pulling up in the driveway. And then the girls went to the door and like my wife was there and it was like, hey, look, we got it. Like the nurse that she was like, you know, the, the insurance is paying for this. And I think, yeah, it's okay. We got it. Yeah. My family was my nurses and my girls were my nurses. So I don't know, maybe that was part medicine. I wasn't stuck in a hospital. I wasn't alone. Mm-hmm. I wasn't stressed. Even though I did do my bachelor's degree mm-hmm. during my treatment. Wow. I wasn't going to stop. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But that was another lesson. The gift and the curse. My daughters saw okay dad went to chemo this morning went to class this afternoon mm-hmm. and i was sitting here next to me doing my homework i really have no excuse right like none. and you Can persevered you pushed through you had the strength yeah. to continue on how have that helped in aiding where you are today in life and perhaps even how your girls handle, I guess, their responsibilities and push through 
and certain things that they may experience. No fear, right? Mm -hmm. um, don't let fear stop you. Don't let what looks like uh, things look bleak. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, fuck, you can't. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> you know, don't let nobody, don't let no situation tell you that you can't win. Right. Even if you lose, even mm -hmm. if even if you go down swinging, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I have to face for it every day. <laughs> Sherry, I don't know if you heard me uh, talking the other day about this, the transition, uh -huh. you know, you always hear, you always see movies, you always hear people talking about, oh, I'm having a baby, you know, uh, I'm scared, I don't know what I'm going to do, but nobody talks about when your baby isn't a baby no more, yeah. nobody talks about that transition, I think, you know, they say, Anybody can have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, takes a real man to make, you know, raise one. You know, you know those are all cliches, but that is the realest thing because it's not even the raising them part. It's the this journey that you got to take, you know, so for they you, break free from you. Right. So I was going to say for you and you and your wife have just, it's just been you and your kids all of this time. So you've done the baby and, and, that got you wrapped around the, your, mm. your several fingers and um you seem so that very never, that never stops <laughs> seems very connected and so the conversation i did have with brian was that to be satisfied and feel complete that you have done what you can and being also as you spoke to us prior before starting to record being honest and open so that they know that they can mm -hmm. always come back that's i think and i'm not a parent but i think that's all parents want like once they do leave the nest they come back or they're calling and hey dad and you're having conversations with them and they're still open and free to now transition to somewhat of the friend zone. And it's funny you say that, right? Because I was going to make that distinction. It's a fine line to draw. I know okay. people think like, oh, okay, if I'm my kid's friend, then they'll always like, you know, lean on me. I'm, you know, always be in their life, right? And right. there's almost like, I don't know, a sixth sense of codependency when you frame it that way. Mm. Um, well, not six cents. No, I got you. It's different. It's not how I would drive the bus. But again, that's probably how people set things up so that they can aid themselves in this transition. They never have to transition because they're their kid's themselves. friend. And, I, hey, I'm bad, but I don't think I try to be cool. <laughs> 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 but even for my kid's friends, their parents are... 15, 20 years, Lori and I senior a lot of the time. A lot of older parents. Mm. Um, so we tend to, like one time we got invited to a, uh, Lori and I, it was like, oh yeah, you know, you guys are having a birthday party. It's my 55th birthday. But this was like five years ago. It was like a 50 something. No, this again, bro, we were like in our mid thirties. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I go hang out with my moms, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we tend to be isolated a lot of the times, you know, mm. uh, Lori and I. Yeah. we've been lucky though, 
some of Essence's other friends, um, the parents, we've been um, kind of a village. We don't hang out at each other's houses every weekend, if at all. Right. Uh, I think actually the first time we hung out together was this past weekend. Um, mm. Never really hung with uh, Essence's friends' parents, but there's always been this connection, this vibe, like pick up the phone, yo, where the kids at? Or they pick it up, like, oh, take our keys from her. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. So there's always <laughs> been this kind of village. Right. And you need that. Oh. To me, I feel like as parents, you need to have a relationship with your friends, parents as well. Like mm-hmm. you said, even if it's not that we hang out and do things like that together, but we need to be, be able clicking. to communicate. You got to be clicking. You know, exactly, exactly. It's easy for the issues, you know, they say all the time, man, it's easy for these kids to get caught up. Oh, you bet your boots. And now you got to watch them and know when you fan all the time. You know, exactly. somebody could be, they could be sitting across from you at the dinner table and some kid could be bullying your 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. Or, you could, or you could be like Kim. She grabs the headphones while the while her son's oh, on yeah. the game. Hey, what's up? What's going on? What they, you all they, doing? They, they, <laughs> I did it just last night. You know, they're on the game, and I just check in. How you guys are doing? How's it was yeah, it was cracking. Mm-hmm. You know, like where's your mind at right now with everything that's going on? Just those little things, and okay, let's go. I stay in there, watch them play the game. So yes, you do have to have that relationship. That's on the board. Has to be. Of course, you know you're the son and boy, but you have to remind them that, hey, bro, I'm here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And no judgment. You know how people say, like, (laughs) just tell me, honey, tell me, and I won't get mad. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's been a lot of times my kids took. What? Okay, I said I was not going to get mad, but ooh, I'm fuming. Exactly. <laughs> well, ooh. I would say this, like I rest in the fact that my mom and I have this weird kind of relationship, but I've always known that I can trust her. So no matter what I've told her, her response has kind of been always like, hmm, okay, Sherry, you know, and so forth. But no matter what it was, I always told her because she told me, first of all, didn't let me hear about your shit on the streets. And One. then second of all, and if you live in Bermuda, you know you can find out anything. If you're going to do your dark clean up after yourself. <laughs> for real. And then the other thing was that she told me, I'm the only one that's going to tell you the truth about something. Like, not your friends. I know. And, so, and I held that literally. And I did. And sometimes it backfired on us. Just like, okay, too much. Like, too much. Mm. No, I need to know. Like, what? I've been there. <laughs> I need to know. Trust me. And you so, pull on um, a thread and it's like, whoa, what did I ask for? <laughs> but it's still that balance of remembering that this is what I want. As you said before, Brian, just making sure to be honest with your kids. I tell Daniel all the time, you have to be honest with me because if I don't know the truth, I'm not able to help you, okay? And especially with what's going on, you need to always be honest with me. Even if if you feel that I may not like what you've said or what you've done, I'm your mother. You was in me for nine months. If anybody loves you, it's me. If anybody's going to support and love you and be there for you, it will be 
me. And I mean, you know, his dad and other people, of course. But yes, you have to. Friends are going to be forever. You know what I'm saying? Friends are going to be forever, man. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you might get lucky with once in a lifetime, a dumb brethren like, but shit, you got a better chance of hitting the lottery. Let's be for you. So let me ask you this a couple of questions. Like, have you ever thought about throwing any towel in regards to your cancer, your family? Um, work and how are things now? No, it's not notching. Quitting's never, it's never, it's never on the table. Quitting, that's not on the table ever. It's not an option. Love that. Never, 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 never. It's like I told you earlier, you know, I'm not doing the surgery. I'm right. laying there. <laughs> right. On drugs. I'm good. I don't have to, or rather, let me say, People quit because they're scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. People quit because they're afraid of losing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep running this race because eh, I'm, I'm going to lose anyway. I'm just going to. You better get around that track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I finished line. Mm-hmm. You better do it. You know how many Spartan races I've ran? I am not a contender. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> no, I'm not a contender. But I'm, of course, this finish line. I don't care how long it is. I don't care how long it takes me. I'm going to cross this finish line. What was it? And how are things now? And what, like, what's next for you? How are things now? Things are great. So even though I had cancer, um, mm-hmm. I did finish my degree in um, information technology. Mm-hmm. My wife and I ended up moving here to Atlanta. I ended up working for one of the premier video display manufacturers in the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the strange thing is, right? The universe being the way it is. I had a business idea a long time ago. I'm not going to bore you with, you know, what it was or how it worked or whatever, anything like that. But I ended up getting my degree. This wasn't on the radar. Like what I do, who I work for, they were not on the radar for me. I grew up in tiny little Bermuda. I'm not thinking jumbotrons. Okay. I'm not thinking big video displays. I don't even know these things exist at one point. You know, right. we move here. My wife get a job here we moved down here and i stumbled into this job no again i have a severe fear of heights i mean <laughs> I, I can hear the fear <laughs> and i'm not too far behind you brian just so you know like you're not the escalator and i'm all camera i'm like Thank you do it times i'm in a hotel um, and i'm like yeah let me yeah. just walk in yeah. But then I will take pictures. I will get up there because one, there is a lot of cool, nerdy, geeky stuff up there. <laughs> and I want to go play with it, you know. And two, kids got to eat. Right. What am I going to do? Allow myself to be scared enough to pass up the opportunity to do what I get to do for a living mm-hmm. because I was scared to do it? That is not an option. Couldn't. Stand on her on the ground, even though I'm scared, it's not an option. Well, how did you ultimately find your happiness, empowerment, and development? Or still finding? <laughs> mm. I have to live the example. I'm not always happy all the time. That would be crazy. We're not always empowered. And we're not always as developed as we want to be. Mm-hmm. So like you said, we got to either be that, find ways to be that, 
you know, sometimes even find ways to inspire others to be that or have that or find that and chase that. Mm-hmm. And I've got these girls. Okay. There's 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 a two-fold thing here. One, I gotta show them, hey, you gotta do this. Nothing you think is an excuse is, is excuse enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And two, because the queens, I gotta be the bar. <laughs> okay. Right. Anybody come wanna date you, you wanna be with, you know, no, hang on a second. If it's worse than me, and I don't, when I say worse, I tell them all the time, this is who I am. For better or for worse, there's been a lot of dicey conversations I've had with my children. Okay. Mm -hmm. About them, about me, about mom, whatever. Right. We've lived the the mistakes I've made. Mm. And if they're going to be with somebody, I feel like I have to emulate what the bar is. Mm-hmm. If he ain't man enough, I try to be very self-deprecating, okay? I do not like to myself. I told you when we started this, I am very honored. I never thought I had anything to say or, or to offer to say. Mm. Um, but I got to be the bar. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And so being happy, you know, trying to find my empowerment, trying to continue to develop myself. I want them to emulate these things. And I want them to, not just a guy, but latch onto people, you know, that help them inspire these things within themselves and a good man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, thank you, Brian, for that. And I appreciate this. I'm glad that even Kim brought this to light. She was like, we got to talk to Brian. And for people so that honored. didn't know. Thank you. Like, <laughs> so honored. Like, you don't even know. For people no, that you didn't You know, don't know. We're honored. <laughs> Brian and I are somewhat family. You know, yes, we are all family. We have plenty of CFMP together, girl. Come on. <laughs> so <laughs> my, um, step- Downplay that. <laughs> my stepmother is Brian's great aunt. So um, mm-hmm. I've watched Brian grow up from a little, little boy who thought mm-hmm. that when we went on a cruise, that when he ordered duck, they was going to bring him a whole duck. Beacon. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I've watched him go through or, you know, be on that teeter side of getting caught up, as they say in Bermuda, and then taking the, the leap of faith to switch that around by leaving the island and um, doing what he's doing. So it's honored to now speak to you as this grown-ass man. And let's not talk about how old I am. How old are you, Brian? Say it loud and proud. I will be 40 in a few months. Well, thank you for coming on because you're going to show other young men trials and tribulations that you've gone through. And you've just now starting to enter into that mature part of your life differently right you've done Mm. some had some mature experiences but you know it's a going over the mountain to 40 is a whole different side and it sounds like you're well prepared for it i think (laughs) that you are definitely you know you know we're probably never really well prepared we just gotta trudge through it life's gonna hand us different curve balls you know we're going to have to move slightly different. Even when people say, hey, man, I, I wonder if I'm ready to have a kid, bro. You're never ready. You never got no money. You never had enough lessons. You never read enough books. It ain't never 
never gonna be enough. Yeah, but you know, I think you know when you've done Coast Guard, you've you know you know beat cancer. You got three, four women in the household, maybe five. No, <laughs> and um, you know you stand on a ladder every day of fear. Um, for your ultimate motto to be that you just don't quit. I think you've done quite a hefty job prior to your fears. And, and so I hope Thank and you. pray that your 40s are a little Thank bit you. more of a smooth sailing because of all the lessons, the happiness, empowerment, and development that you got during that stage. Should take you yes, a little to a better, a better stage. So we yes, appreciate ma'am. you Absolutely. so much coming on. And you have a lot to say, just so you know. Oh my gosh. And, and I'm sure you have to say. So this was great. <laughs> hey, I, um, I really appreciate being here today. Thanks for, I guess, hearing me out. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you um, for sharing. Thank yeah. you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being open and fearless. <laughs> you guys keep doing what you do. And uh, thanks for hearing me out. Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.